0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster uh, that says, uh, "Let me put a swirly cue in your curly cue with a twirly voo vo- va, va- vo. Uh, What am I talking about? Well, all else I can say is dorme vu patrons, because it's time for sleep with me. The podcast you support and empower to put you to sleep. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble with getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. And this is Sleep with Me, for the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it's a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's thoughts, or feelings physical sensations, time, temperature, uh, you know, Paul Simon's and Simon and Garfunkel saying, see what's become of me. Or when your life feels like a mystery, or when it's like the autumn and you look around, you know, the leaf, you say, the leaves are brown now. Uh, in the sky, it may be a hazy shade of autumn or winter. Uh, but, you know, don't whatever the next lyrics are it's like hang on to your hats or something uh you say scoots what happened i don't know sorry if you're new uh welcome i'm gonna try to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake now i'm gonna try to rain, rain it in you know and like the opposite of art garfunkel's hair for anyone that doesn't know who art garfunkel is uh he he had a, like a big curly, he had a lot of curly hair on his head. So you could picture anyone with, cur- you know, Malcolm Gladwell, if you wish. And uh, that I'm, it's like a figuratively I'm rubbing their head. I'm smoothing their curls, uh, massaging their curls. Uh, it But I'm doing that with a safe place where I'm saying, hey, come on in. I'm glad you're here. I'm going to try to keep you company tonight to take your mind off stuff. What I'm going to do is send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, uh, superfluous tangents, and, you know, extra stuff. Obviously, I'm going to be goofing around. Uh, Yeah, lots of ums and ahs. And, uh, you know, I tend to do like that. Like, it's like... uh, Likes and Us, oh boy, if you like Likes and Us, you're in the right spot. But really what I'm going to do is uh, keep you company, be your companion. And if you're new, here's the structure of the show. show starts off with a few minutes of business. That's how we keep the show going and free in over 300 archived episodes. And then what we're going to do is... Uh, uh, then there's oh there's business. Then there's an the intro. The intro is kind of a show within a show where I would normally efficiently, in another world, I would efficiently explain the premise of the podcast. The Podcasts put you to sleep, but I found over time doing this, it's like uh, I gotta win your trust. I gotta bring you in, I give you something familiar. If you're a regular listener, but if you're new, kind of welcome you because of course you say, what I'm supposed to fall asleep to this nonsense? And I'd say, well, not initially. Come on in. This is the intro. It's about 12 minutes of me explaining what the show is, a show within a show. Some regular listeners use it as part of their bedtime wind-down. Some listeners fall asleep to it. Some listeners listen during the day. And a few listeners skip ahead straight to the story portion. And tonight will be our new... uh, Oh, then we go. So that's the intro about 12 minutes of uh, me kind of introducing what the nonsense of the show is and the conception of the whatever the show conceptually. And you can kind of see how it goes. And usually it takes two or three tries uh, for new listeners uh, to get a sense if they're comfortable with the podcast or that it works for them. Hopefully it works for you quicker. Or you say, oh, I don't think this is going to work for me. I'll pleasantly move on to something. You know, I'll listen to some classical music, listener-supported, at uh, KDFC, for, for an example. Uh, but so, uh, oh, so that's the intro. Then tonight it'll be a story. Uh, this is definitely a procedural episodic holiday uh, series. Uh, it's our second episode. For some reason, I was thinking it's our first episode, but it's our second episode of our episodic uh, holiday series. Uh, the The um, what is it called? Oh, the Happy Holiday Shop. And so that'll be a bedtime story. You know, with some drifting and some meandering and some present. There won't be any present. There will be gifts. uh, In pondering of gifts and saying, hmm, you you know, what gift? Deciding. So a holiday-themed series, Uh, and it should be pretty happy if you catch, you know, because that's the title, The the Happiest Holiday Shop. Then at the end of the show is uh, some thank yous. Between the intro and the story are are some other ways we keep the show going. Uh, So this is a structure of the show. If you're also new, uh, there's a couple of things you might need to know. This is a podcast you don't really need to listen to. You can kind of listen to it. You can passively listen to it. You can watch it, like traffic on a river uh, rolling or floating by. It kind of like if you're watching a what those kind of trains called with stuff on them, freight train, and you're you you have time, like you're watching it at a distance, just rolling. And you say, "Well, I'm just going to watch this. So there's that shape of a car. There's a boxcar. There's one of those other cars. It's not a boxcar." You wonder if there's a caboose, you know, you're your why. Oh, there's a con- container one, it's got some liquid in it or something. Uh, there's a car carrier one. So you kind of, you know, you're just watching it. That's kind of like this podcast. You can kind of listen to it like that. You can listen closely, or you could listen to to it where I'm at a mumble of a level, whatever works for you. You know, give it a few tries and, and see what works. Uh, but there's also no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here about an hour to keep you company. And I'm here to the very end, like, especially with these, uh, uh, episodic stories, I got a story. So if you can't fall asleep, uh, if you're really stuck, I'll be here to keep you company. But it also gives you full permission to fall asleep. Cause you say, well, Scoots is going to be here talking to me either way. So you drift off at your leisure. There's no pressure to listen. There's no pressure to fall asleep. Uh, that's why I say I'm going to be here around an hour. And the reason I make a show is because I've been there, uh, tossing and turning, uh, pondering, or waking, and and saying, and then saying, "Well, I, I did, f- I fell asleep, and now I can't get back to sleep," or uh, "And I had to go upstairs," and then I noticed this, and then you know, I've I've been there in a lot of different uh, sleepless formats, and I want to help, and what I found works for me is something outside of me that draws me. For me, it's distracting my thoughts. For some people, it might just be validating, you know, that you're having a hard time and that your feelings are valid. But, hey, say, hey, listen to me and see if I could, uh, you know, validate that you're having a hard time. But also take your mind off of that. Or maybe it's something physical and say, hey, listen to me. I'm going to take you to this wonderful uh uh, the happiest holiday shop you've ever been to. We'll do a brief visit there, and uh, maybe there'll be some uh, positive mentoring going on in tonight's episode. As a little, uh, what is that called? Uh, a teaser, or foresh- it's not foreshadowing. Maybe it is though. Here's some foreshadow. I'm the only person that has to like foreshadowing. Like, if I was reading a script, I'd have, there'd be actual foreshadowing because the sha like, if I, it was a cloudy day, that's kind of like the foreshadowing in this podcast. You're trying to read something, and then I guess it gets so cloudy, it doesn't make sense that you can't read it, or I can't read it, and I say, you know, and soon uh, they would realize uh, that uh, there's a message inside of the message. I don't think that's a foreshadowing either, uh, but I'd say look deeper, uh, look uh, beyond the glass. I guess that's a shadowing or foreshadowing. I do maybe I just do shadowing. Where you say what's what's sort of like a the most confusing form of foreshadowing? Could it be tar- talking about our, our our Garfunkel's hair or uh, Malcolm Gladwell's? Uh, who are some other people with famous curly Qs, uh that I'm thinking about? Those are the two that I just most like to, uh, and I don't know if that, that's like, uh, Art Garfunkel from like the, whenever, uh, Simon and Garfunkel were, uh, I don't know if that was the seventies or the sixties or the eighties and Malcolm Gladwell, he still is a very successful podcaster and author. Yeah. But I haven't got a good look at him lately, but I'd say, Hey, like, uh, let me give your hair a little touchy-poo. I mean, of course, this would be imaginary unless they said, hey, Scoots, uh, this would be great because they think Malcolm Gladwell is very successful. This could be – let me pitch you right now because I've wrote like episodes about uh, doing this internally. And maybe we could even do it over the phone or Skype, Malcolm, or Professor Gl- Dr. Gladwell, however you – I never thought about that. Uh, Are you a fan of the musical You're in Town? Because that's Mr. Gladwell. But every once in a while, it sounds like Mr. Gladwell. Uh, Anyway, Malcolm, maybe we could do a parody musical about you, like in a cool way. Because Mr. Gladwell and Malcolm Gladwell, I think those could be sung with the same syllables. Oh, sorry, I was on a pitch call with you. I was just gonna say, if you ever get stressed, uh, I may have a method to calm you. Where I just uh, gently touch your hair, if you you know think about it, and then I could do it to, just to see. And believe me, I'm totally down with uh, this. Would be a totally professional thing. I could even wear, you know, silken gloves or some other non-conductive glove. Maybe like some sort of uh, you know glove with uh, bristles on it or something. I don't know. Do they have those for dogs? Uh, And we could even imaginarily do it. You could even pretend you'd have to pay me for this, even though it'd be imaginary for you. So it'd probably be easy to cut me out of the pay system. But you could just evoke scoots and you could say, okay, I'm I'm having having a rough day. You know, know, I'm trying to think up a new title. You know, I have great ones like Blink. And, you know, I'm trying to think of another word like uh, that's... uh, like stuff, but I said, well, that's not what my next book's about. And, you know, I'm working on revisionist history. I'm working really hard. Uh, And then, you you know, I could use some calm. Let me just picture, imagine, you know, because it's easier uh, to just picture scoots coming and saying, hey, Malcolm, I'm going to sing you the most positive version of Mr. Gladwell uh, because I can't sing it on a sleep podcast and I can't sing in real life very well either. I'm sure you could imagine me gently touching your head in a non whatever that would be like a patronizing way and saying uh, Malcolm Gladwell is do you know do you know thinking up book titles can't be easy, you know, and then go from there. So that's a possibility. Uh, just an idea, and this podcast is n- normally not exactly like that, but uh, that could have been, I don't know if that was any kind of foreshadowing, uh, but here's what it is, uh, I'm going to uh, keep you company, I'm going to be your uh, strive to be your boyfriend, your boar bae, your boar cuz, your companion, your friend in the deep dark night, here to keep you company, uh, to to uh, verbally, in a non-patronizing, validating a way that says you deserve to be treated with dignity and respect. You deserve a good night's sleep. Uh, I'm going to be here to goof around and, and try to do that in the way I can and keep you company. I'm here to help. And if, you, if, if your first few times by, give it a few tries, see if it works for you. I really appreciate your time. And I work very hard. I yearn and I strive to help you fall asleep. Thank you so much. All right, everybody, this is our uh, second episode, but it's a 100% procedural modular holiday series, The Happiest Holiday Shop. And this is a pretty straightforward series. You can listen to it in any order. It's about uh, people that visit this Happiest Holiday Shop. uh, Just like all of your favorite holiday procedurals, like the the elf who solved the snowflakes and uh, the reindeer who found things. You know, the Christmas tree that came up with solutions and the Kringle that uh, sought out the jingles, just like all those famous procedurals. And, of course, the other ones that aren't as sleepy, like North Pole, you know, SMB, North Pole, 411, North Pole, Northern Lights, MVP or whatever, you know, all those ones also are procedurals. You know, along with other, like, traditional ones, like, you know, Mrs. Claus uh, after Santa, where she would, you know, she was, uh, those mysteries, she wrote mysteries and solved mysteries. And, of course, uh, like, uh, Claus, that was, uh, Santa's brother. And, oh, M.D., it was sander Colos M.D. That was, like, you know, another kind of procedural where he would, do, he would solve things, uh, so there's a couple this is in the, that great holiday tradition. In all the other ones that I, you know, I don't know about or don't make up on the spot. Oh so my coach just said the snow that spoke. I'm not familiar with that one, so I'll have to Google it later. Or whatever the search engine is for a, a dog made up dogs uh, holiday procedurals. Uh, anyway, so this is it's got a narrator. So settle into your bed, the snow is falling, the lights are lighting, uh, some faint music maybe is playing, which, you know, it's, you know, just a spirit of music in the air and the spirit of, uh, you know, how holiday revival. Uh, and tonight, uh, this is a story, a story of parent and child. Of Arlo and August. August and Arlo. Uh, they live in the same house. Uh, both of them are adults. Arlo is the parent of August. The, the adult child. Or offspring. Whatever the term you're comfortable with. Living together. Not far from where we speak tonight. And Arlo is a successful multi-level marketer. Uh, happy, uh, engaged, but looking for more. While August, like a lot of us as young adults, is uh, finding August's way, looking and and saying, I wonder what's next for me. Uh, Taking their time in, in, in in a kind of place of young discovery and uncovering their preferences and their relationship with the idea of work and career. But not only those preferences are on August's mind, also preferences around parenting and their relationship with the parent are on their mind this season. Now, Arlo has always been a very engaged parent, very involved in August's life but as the relationship changed with august and arlo not living together august going out in the world to study to explore to live away uh, the, the the relationship it didn't become strange but it it didn't necessarily change and as august returned home they kind of fell into a fair, fair, fair familiar a familiar pattern, if you will. Yeah, it would be more real words. But theirs wasn't so much as parent or child. As uh, August had started to get older, it was, well, maybe I'll let you uh, hear and see it for yourself here. It was something maybe less enjoying and, and caring. And Well, uh, okay, Well, I, I, do, I just want to understand your plan. Like when I make goals, I like to break them down into bite-sized chunks. And then I know what each goal is and what each thing that needs to be done is. You know, smaller and smaller parts. And then, and then, then it's achievable. Those little parts are always achievable. What are you going to do today? I, I say, Arlo, what are we going to do today? And then if it seems too much, I say, well, let's make it edible I know we've talked about this before, and I know that works for me, and it might not work. So what are you, like, tell me more about your plan, or what are you working on as far as figuring out this job situation? Uh, August remained silent, just, just staring back at Arlo. It's not, it's not like I'm criticizing that your plan. I'm not here to criticize it or to criticize your lack of a plan, even I'm just here. It, it it's not the how. It's not the how you're doing things. It's how can I help you do things. You know, I'm here to help you move forward. To to keep moving. To to, to move into your life uh, or the next phase of your life. Okay. Can can you just stop, uh, please? What, what 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 is it? Would just stop helping? I guess is what I'm saying right now, at least. Well okay then what would how would you like me to proceed? Would you like me to break it, it my, my maybe I could break how I do things into smaller chunks. But wh- I need to, something to go on. Wh- what is it? Tell me more. I don't I don't know. You know what? Never mind. Forget forget it. Forget it. Okay, well, you know what? I have to get it going. Um maybe we could talk about this later over dinner or something. Uh, can you do me a huge huge favor though? Uh, what? I need you to go in the garage in about 30 minutes and check the cold press. You know, when I was trekking in Bali, I discovered these berries. I'm pretty sure they're a new species of berry or uh, that no one's using them in the essential oil markets. And so I have, uh, there was only a small batch I was able to get and bring back. And they're in the cold press and they should be done in 30 minutes. And you know what? Your opinion is important to me. Like right when they're done, if you could go out there, just make sure the press, you know, everything's functioning because it was like a, it was something weird was going on with it. But they say that these berries have all these medicinal properties and the fresh berries smelled wonderful. So I just want to make sure that, you know, nothing in the skin, that there's no off smells. I mean, I, we could probably deal with it depending on it, but I just want to know. I just want to know if you like the way it smells and what you think about it, and also make sure because if it overpresses, like with the seeds in there, I mean, I'm still getting down the coal press, but this could change everything. I could go from running an essential oil business to being an essential. You know, you know, this is a, this could be the next thing for uh, me, for us, and for me. So, if you could just do me that, okay, you don't have to answer me, but it would be huge. Just and just give me your opinion. And you know I'm your biggest supporter, I mean, more than a cheerleader. I just want to help you blaze your own path. I don't need to choose your path. I just want to help. Uh, So anyway, I got to go. Okay, love you, and we'll see you later. Bye. And Arlo headed out, and August kind of mumbled and grumbled around the house. Uh, It took a little nappy poo. And August woke up a few hours later, kind of still a little bit grouchy and groggy. Went into the garage, realizing that more time had passed. And as soon as the door to the garage opened, August was hit with these smells, these wonderful, amazing smells like seafoam and juniper berry and sunshine mixed together. But this only made August more grouchy, looking across the room at a cold press in the corner of the garage and below it a container of essential oil gathered from the press. August glared at the oil in its sweet golden amber color, looked at the crushed berries, and then August looked around the garage, arms crossed, a frown on August's face, and then August's eyes uh, fell At a corner of the garage were stuff they were trying to get rid of and saw a bottle of castor oil sitting there. August grabbed the castor oil, mumbling and grumbling, and shook it up and uncapped it or uncorked it and poured some of it over the berries, and so the oil dripped over the berries and into the container, into the oil, slowly... It dripping into the oil, slowly changing the smell to something more acrid. Changing the color to a, from amber to a kind of a muddy rust color. And then August opened the garage door to air out some of that wonderful, sweet, sweet smell. And August uh, kind of stood there looking at August's handiwork. And then right away kind of a negative guilty feelings what What did i do those were the only ba- you know august's head started to fill with thoughts of what i shouldn't have done this why was i so rash and so august uh closed the garage door and tried to shake it off uh Tried to pour a glass of iced tea, tried to take a shower, but the thing, f- feelings were still there. The pending evening arrival of Arlo. And so August went out for a walk and started walking and grumbling and talking and thinking about going and getting a cup of coffee. Arlo headed downtown to this walkable neighborhood nearby. You know, I just started walking the town square, grabbed a coffee, started drinking it, and then Arlo noticed this awning, this, this sign. Never noticed it before. It was the happiest holiday shop. Pine bows in the windows, and I guess said, "Well, maybe there's something in the ability to solve it. Maybe they sell a scent juniper, juniper berry oil in there." Or sea foam, is there a seafoam essential oil, August wondered. So August went into the shop, and the reindeer bells rang. And the two shopkeeps looked up from working on some miniatures and decorating and smiling and beaming. And they said hello, but August kind of waved them off, and they knew, they almost said, well, how can we help you? But they saw an August face that wasn't what August was looking for. They said, well, I'm sure you'll find your way. Have a look around. I uh, guess started pacing around the shop, uh, looking for those little bottles of essential oil you can see. Some people just see them at the checkout at TJ Maxx uh, while you're waiting in that uh, curly line. Other people see them in other places or at wonderful essential oil shops like uh, Frankie and Murr in downtown San Francisco. But August you paced around, and we didn't see any essential oil at first. Uh, but then something else caught their eye. A wooden box, uh, but not just any wooden box. Uh, it was about uh, the size of an ice cream cake, I'd say. Square. Could have contained an ice cream cake, but unlikely, because it was a wooden box with relief carving all over it, a detailed, rich uh, carving. August reached out and started to touch the carvings. It was, it was, it were these gods, it looked like one god was pulling something out of a cloud. And August turned, the front, the sides, the top, the back, the entire box was covered in different carvings, and different little pictures, maybe one story, maybe a ton. And one of the shop, you say, it's quite a box, isn't it? Uh, beautiful, beautiful hand-carved box. Uh, be ca- be careful, they said. It's, it, there's, it's, it's a fra- it may not look fragile, but it is. Because they could tell August was about to shake the box because it felt heavy, like there was uh, something in there. It was made from some very dense wood, and August lightly tapped on the box. And yet it, w- it was a box and not a solid block of wood. And uh, even when August was pressing, you could feel some give uh, that there was many pieces of wood. Uh, August said, what is this? What's what's this box? What's in it? What's a gift, uh, the shopkeep said. Isn't it wonderful I guess, it kind of harrumped and looked uh, to turn the box over and over. Is, is there something inside here? I, like, I don't get it. What is this the, what's this? And the shopkeep grinned. And the other shopkeep kind of said, it's puzzling, isn't it, that box? It's a puzzling box, hardy, har, har. You know, I guess you immediately got the, the hint. It was, if it's a, it's a puzzle box, uh, Wow, this is a, well, if it's a puzzle box, what's inside? Ah, the shopkeeper said, ah, you know, can, can I try to, can I try to open it? And then they walked over to August, so the calming presence, uh, getting close. Well, you see, what's your name? I'm August. Uh, this is a beautiful, beautiful box, but I can't even figure out where to start with this puzzle. Well, there's a story there, August. Uh, but also, when you give a gift, this is a shop for gifts. Uh, usually, there's a giver and a receiver, and they let the words hang there. And August was puzzled by this puzzling analysis of the puzzle box. What? What, what do you? What? What giver? What? What do you mean? Well, just. Uh, it, 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 maybe it, it, the shop keeps struggling to 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 tell August. Maybe it takes uh, more than one set of hands, August, to to, to unlock the box. Uh, okay, and then August realized that uh, they had lost a sense of time. And August said, "Okay, I I, I got to go. I, I, I got to go. Uh, I think though I got to press on this uh, one." Like a necklace here, and in this, Uh, okay, maybe I thank you so much. And August raced home because knew that Arlo was going to be home soon. When August went in, Arlo was pacing around. uh, He said, "Hey, hey, uh, I guess did you smell the berries? It's a disaster." Yeah, it kind of smells weird, like uh, like uh, metallic, like something. It's off. I'm sorry. It must be... Berries only smell good fresh, or... Maybe you'll have to try to find another... Fo- Do you have any more ber- No, I don't have any more. That was all the berries. I mean, I could go back there, but... If I knew about them, there was other people. On the, that was... I mean, maybe it was just, it was just a pipe dream. Never mind. I just focus on the work, and I, maybe I could get back there. I think I was just... Maybe I'm just a essential oil uh, business owner, or but also a hobbyist. I don't know. August, well, I'm, listen, I'm so you know I can't I, I can't talk. I'm just too upset about the berries. It's just to be honest, uh, August. Uh, it was a dream of mine. I guess uh, to, to to I was thinking about you know naming. I don't know. Never mind. August started to feel guilty as Arlo went off and, uh, probably to take a nap or something. I don't know. And, August I guess, uh, headed back to that shop, uh, thinking about the, 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 the clues, not even really listening that much, you know, kind of feeling some, sort of, uh, lower level guilt about Arlo's berries. And August, uh, headed back to, to the happiest holiday shop, uh, and they were still open. And August just started. I I just wanted. I just wanted to check that puzzle. You still have the box, right? Oh yeah. So right. Right where you left it. August, go ahead. Now August went to work pressing fingers on the, the cloud and the thunderbolt and some some wreath. Uh, and there was movement there. And there was things you could almost twist. But there was still no give in the box. And then August realized there was another spot. Uh, you know, August could almost keep it. There was three things in how to press, uh, but they seemed like they all. And then a fourth, uh, but they were further apart than August's thumb and pinky could reach. And uh, one of them was too small for August's elbow or nose or chin. And uh, the shopkeeper just watched with amusement, and uh, August to around the okay, August just brought it up, I'm going to buy, I, I have an idea, like, uh, uh, I guess I got to buy this, I'm going to buy it right now. And they said, okay, well, maybe just wait to open it till you give it to the giver, August, uh, or the receiver, you know, they, they all had a laugh, they said, would you like some nog? Nardle said, no, no, I got to go, I'm going to go outside, right, I'm opening this box, uh. August said that, and August went outside after paying for the box. And, you know, hand wooden puzzle boxes are always, uh, luckily August wasn't thinking about the cost, uh, but it was a fair cost, but some people would scoff at the cost, and other people would think it was a bargain. And Arlo sat down at the ba- bench right in the Park squ- Square and ripped off uh, their shoe shoes and ripped off their socks and started to put the puzzle box, uh, manipulating with uh, grabbing a big toe and shoving it into a cloud and then trying to arrange their other foot around and uh, the other side of the box and then pressing with, uh, Arla was in a frenzied state of puzzle box solving and pretty soon people started walking by and, and uh kids, high school aged kids, uh middle school aged kids started laughing and but what do you what are you do you, wh what, what, what are you doing? Uh, uh, and and Arlo, Arlo was just focused on the box, muttering, muttering, and then even adults came and uh, people just didn't know if this was a, some sort of strange performance or Uh, August was having a tough time, but most people would say that uh, manipulating a box with your feet in a public park on a public bench is of questionable appropriateness. Uh, And August, as soon as the crescendo of laughs uh, reached August's uh, attention, August swept up uh, socks and shoes and headed home. August realized it would be better off to solve it on the floor anyway. August got on the floor in the living room, locked the box, and started working with her toes and fingers and gripping and groaning. And at some point, Arlo walked in the room and just stood there watching their child struggle with a puzzle. And they said, August, what are you doing? Never mind, I'm just trying to solve it. Don't worry about it. I'm just trying to solve this puzzle box. With your feet? It's a foot-based puzzle? No, it's just like, a, it's a, where'd you get the puzzle box? Oh, the new gift shop. Uh, oh, is it you got it as a gift or you're giving it as a gift? Oh, uh, yes. Uh, uh, oh, this box is beautiful, August. Uh, look at this story on here. This is a, a classical tale from mythology. Of uh, the stolen boon, or the elixir, if you will. N- no, it's a uh, the the. the uh, I thought it was a, a thunderbolt. Uh, I think it's Prometheus. Uh, well, it, it, it was similar, but this one is a little bit different. Okay, well, it's just a puzzle box. I was going to give it to you, I guess. Uh, but then I was so. I mean, look at this. The the details on here. And this is a puzzle box. And and have you figured out? It seems like you're working really hard on it, August. Yeah, it's like there's at least four to six things that have to be pressed simultaneously, I think. Like, I'm pretty sure there's like these two slide and then the the body of the box comes out. Or these two are a lock and then the top of the box slides off. It really seems like it would be hard to do that with your hands and feet. Like you'd need two people. Yeah, that's what they told me at the shop. But I, I think I, I, I well, I've been working. What time is it? It's like one in the morning, August. Oof. Uh, would you, would you want to try to try to do it together? I mean, I guess. I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's get it open. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Let's try to get it open. And August and Arlo went to work on the box, manipulating and pressing and squeezing. And and both were really focused and said, okay, well, let's try this. Or we'll just, just try adding a little bit less pressure. And eventually with the combination of uh, four and four, uh, the sides, the long sides of the box, or I guess they were all maybe the same size, I don't know. And eventually, two of the sides of the box popped off, uh, uh, and uh, they they all swept up one. They said, look at this, there's some sort of, uh, you fold out into glasses or something, and, oh yeah, you flip this, uh," and they realized they were a little bit like those stereoscopic glasses. He said, well, well, that's, that's weird. And they said, "What about the top of the box?" And they realized it was unlocked as well, and just simply slid away. And on the top of the box was a opaque piece of gray glass. Uh, and they tapped at it, and I said, "Wouldn't they like uh, which what's, what's under here?" And they tried to. Was it, is this something we're supposed to unlock, or what was it? Uh, but the glass was fixed, and then. Uh, Uh, August said, well, what about the other two sides? Uh, And they realized with a little bit more pressing and a little bit more manipulating that the other two sides of the box came off. And built into each of the two sides of the box were two circular knobs uh, that you could turn left and right. And when you did, it made a sound underneath the glass and then Arla said, Well we I don't maybe this, we must we must have to use these glasses to look at it. Uh and August said this is a little bit like uh like that labyrinth game, like maybe we're just supposed to do it without looking, no. But Labyrinth I think it only has two knobs. And uh, uh August and Arla started to put the glasses together and then they both put them on And as they both brought the glasses to their nose, uh, to the bridge over the bridge of their nose and over both their eyes, much like those like uh, cardboard virtual glasses you build, but these were made of wood with polarized lenses. It would be my guess. As soon as they put them to their eyes, they heard this wind, this rushing of wind. And then they realized that they had goggles on and they looked at one another and they were standing in front of a castle and the wind was whipping around them and the gate of the castle was going up. And on the other side was uh, some sort of royal receiver or something with knights uh, uh, flanking them. They said, oh, goodness, it's so good you're here. I guess the age of Aquarius is returned to our kingdom Where are we? Uh, Arlo tried to ask. Uh, Oh, yes, we've we've recently expanded the castle to make more room uh, for for more of the kingdom uh, to share the resources that we do have. It may seem like it's snowing, but this will be a light snow, and the water won't carry us very long. We're waiting so long for you to come back. The majestic one is waiting, uh, but I have to tell you, uh, the people are are very fed up, uh, with the waiting. And they're not, it's more with the Majestic one. Oh, okay, the Majestic one. Yes, uh, what, what, excuse me, what what, what names did you go by? How should we refer to you? Ooh, well, I, I'm August, this is Arlo. Okay, fo- follow me, August and Arlo. Hey, Arlo, this is, uh. What's going on? I, th- I guess I think this is maybe we're sharing some sort of delusion or something, or maybe one of us is. Uh, maybe I'm dreaming. Maybe you're dreaming, and I'm in your dream. I don't know. But yeah, that—that's probably. Uh, what should we do? Well, oh, we're going into this uh, kingdom room. Uh, majestic one, the snow catchers are here. Ah, yes. Come in, come in. Ah, it's good to see you both. I could tell by your strange dress and haggard appearances, uh, your journey has been long, but we must ask you to go on your way right away. The water in the kingdom is low and I'll be straight to the point. We've been doing the offerings and sending the offerings as normal and they've refused to send any other than these occasional light snows, which just seem to get us by, uh, most people are thinking about abandoning the kingdom uh, because of, uh, so you really are. Thank you for coming to the call. I thought we had an agreement with the snow people, but it, it was an unsigned agreement. It was always an understanding, but we've been sending things along. And I'm sorry, I'm repeating myself, but it's just, uh, it's just very, I'm just so relieved you're here. It's just been so long. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, your majestic one. We're uh, here to bear. We're here. We're, we're, what were you referring to us as? Oh, the great water thieves. I guess is that. Are you comfortable with that term, water bears, snow catchers? Uh, they said you would come in those goggles, and so I knew it would be. I knew we we saw you coming, and even this light snow signaled your arrival. So we could could we just take you straight to the funicular, and it'll take you up the mountain? Uh, it's uh, normally how we send the offerings up, but please take them along. Thank you, thank you again for your return. Uh, yes, this way, Augustin Arlo. I'll show you to the funicular. Uh, our leash, we'll see you soon. Just so you know, Augustin Arlo. Uh, This is the last chance. If you don't bring water, we're going to uh, take the kingdom from the majestic one. Supplies are dwindling, and and people are thinking about leaving or moving on. It's been a long, dry, desert-like winter here. And some of us are saying, why just send offerings to the snow people? Why not go up there? Even though legend says we shall none shall rise other than the water bears. Uh you know we're thinking about the, to, abandoning the old traditions. So, so please, uh the majestic one is counting on you, as are the rest of us in some sense. Uh yeah, yeah, that's uh we'll take care of everything. So funiculars funicular, it's like a mountain train or something, right? Um it's the uh Yes, it's it's the car that goes up the mountain. So aboard here, this is normally where we send the offerings up the mountain and they get removed off the funicular. But no snow has rolled down to us. We don't know if we've displeased the snow people or the snow people are up there. We still hear the rumblings and things. Uh... But board, and we'll begin pulling the chains to rise you up the, the mountain face. Okay, th- 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 thank you. Okay, this thing's moving, uh, low. Um, wh- you're the plan. You're the person with the plan. What what should we what should we do? Okay, August. Uh, I guess uh, this is weird. I don't know I, I, if this is a dream. It's really a. a, a Interesting dream. What do you think the snow people are? Are they like the, like a, an, an abomination? you know? I, I don't know. I was thinking they'd be more like uh, Frosty. Like snow people like Frosty the snow person. Okay. Or maybe they're a group of per- people. Maybe it's just like uh, the idea of uh, others. Like they're just a different uh, a group of people. What do you think of the water? So we have to go out there and get water. Well, yeah, like I think, uh, well, remember, this is if this is anything to do with that box, and it's a game of labyrinth, uh, maybe there's a maze, or maybe we've got to, like, uh, go through a maze. I mean, they talked about, like, did you see those tapestries, like those giant snowballs? Uh, so maybe it's like a, we just got to r- roll a snowball. Oh, like a giant game of... La- okay, that's very... Oh, I guess uh, that's very perceptive of you. Uh... Listen, uh... While we have the time, since this is just so strange... Uh... I'm sorry, I, I don't know what I did. Uh... But I seem to have let you down somehow. And-, and 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 I don't know how to talk about it or what to say. Uh... But you really seem frustrated with me. Uh... Yeah, I don't know if this is the best time to talk about it, though. Uh, okay, well, it's just, just I don't know what we're getting ourselves into. This just seems, I mean, I'm just trying to be a part of your life, you know. Okay, well, I just I'm not comfortable. I I don't I don't know I don't know. Well, do you know what you want, and you can't say it, or you don't know what you want to. Listen, we're almost at the top of the mountain. Let's just talk about it at another time, okay? Okay, so, okay. What should we do? What do you think when we get to the top of the mountain? Well, Yeah, let's just look around and uh, see what we see. And ideally, there's just some leave. I I mean, like, how did you... I think you just pushed in Labyrinth. You just started the... Okay. Yeah, the Labyrinth was the game with the wooden... I, I guess I was forgetting. It's a wooden ball, and you try to roll it through a maze without it falling through holes. Yeah, that's what this one is. Or maybe, I don't know, but that's what rat is. Yeah, like, uh, okay, we're up here. It looks like there's all these baskets up here, so they must have been sending, I wonder what you would send to snow people, like carrots and uh, charcoal and two eyes made out of coal. Well, that's if if they're, but if they're like the other kind of snow people, well, I don't know. Like, yet, 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 you, okay, well, let's just find it. Whoa, boy, I'm hearing, you hear that? Yeah, good listening, August. Okay, no, don't validate me. That was one thing I want. When you asked me what I wanted, please stop with the validating, please. Oh, okay, okay, but I'm hearing the same thing you are. Okay, let's crawl up there. What is that like a crunching? I, I, it sounds like a, a giant, like uh, when you walk through fresh snow. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, that squeaky, squ- scrunching sound. Okay. Okay, you see over there, that's like some sort of town. It's pretty far away, though. It's not where the. it's maybe it's over to the right, over this hill here. Holy cow, those are rooftops in, uh, it looks like, do you think those are snow kids playing there? See, yeah, I told you they were like, it's like a village of frost, frosty type uh, type uh, people up there. Well, this is just, it, this must be a dream then. Yeah, it m- must be. Uh, but uh, the crunching's coming from over here. Let's get to this ridge here. Obviously, there's something about the snow people. Otherwise, they would just all live together. The people would just come up here. Yeah, I don't get, oh, look over there. Those are all giant. Look at those giant snowballs. Holy cow, you're right. Uh, it's like they're all just sitting in the field. Those are gigantic, though. Yeah, it's like one or two of those, uh, and head, 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 if it rolls down the hill, it'll probably gather more snow. Okay, and those are right by the edge of those two or three over there. Okay, I think that's it. I don't know what that crunching is, but let's just... Maybe somebody's rolling these balls together over there. But yeah, let's just push, push a couple of these over the edge. I think the cat... I mean, this should be pretty parallel to the where the funicular was. And then once we push the balls, maybe that'll trigger the game to start. August, I think you're... Let's go. Okay. Okay, so let's just... If we get to... Let's just start pushing this one together. Okay, don't forget to use your legs. Okay, I'll use my legs, thanks. I've rolled snowball. It's been a while. Okay, wow, this is pretty heavy. Um Okay, let's keep rolling it. If we just get it to the edge here okay, did you hear that? Uh no no. It just sounded like the crunching like the crunching was getting closer, but uh do you think these are like uh statues or something do you like uh, w- is one part of the snow person the thorax and one part's the abdomen like how do you think because frosty was two snowballs or three snowballs i don't remember august uh, but that's a good question i don't know the um inner workings of a snow person i mean it was ma- magic part of it right right but uh, even magic uh I mean, you just I was just curious, like, uh, is it, but, but, okay. I was like, oh, we're rolling around some thoraxes here. Oh, Arlo, why why aren't you, uh, August, uh, you better turn around. Holy mackerel. And behind Arlo and August stood a giant snow person, 30 feet tall, These giant snowballs, they were rolling clearly their lower third, whether their thorax, their abdomen, or their lower body. And this giant snow being was uh, not pleased uh, scowling its stick arms uh, gyrating and possibly guttural type uh, sounds coming from its mouth. Uh, 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 okay, Arlo, um, holy cow, uh, we got to keep rolling this ball. We got to get, get it over the edge, which we, we should just get out of here though. No, 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 Arlo, you focus on rolling the snowball. I'll, uh, I'll create a distraction. You have to get the snowball over the edge. No, we got to get out of here. No, no, it, it's, it, if, if this is, this has got to be something to do with the game, and we got to get those people their water. Either way, we have to get this snow over, and this is our chance. I don't think this is a good idea, August. But it, it, Just start, keep rolling and focus on the rolling. Uh, hey, uh, Frosty, giant Frosty, have you ever had a Frosty? In the, the, as uh, August kind of started to pester the giant snow person, the snow person obviously was unhappy, and then August ran around... And the snow person kind of rolled a little bit like BB-8, uh, just a lower third rolled. It was a bit mesmerizing, but it also took a while to get the momentum going and crunching of the snow. And so August was jumping and kicking snow, grabbing snow and saying, hey, hey, I'm going to drink some of this snow right up and kicking uh, lower thirds of other giant potential snow people. Saying, what are these, your cousins or something? And, and the the giant snow being growled and tried to chase uh, August around. But August was pretty spry. Arlo was pushing the ball, but also watching August. Uh, and saying, Aug- August, you got to look at August. Try to go, just focus, please, just focus on rolling the ball. I- I've got this. August no, you you gotta you gotta August you gotta do no no Arlo this I've seen Jumanji like ten times. Just roll that ball and focus on getting the ball rolling. Well maybe I could help you no no Arlo please Hey are you two are you two two eyes made out of mold uh frosty frosty face uh and then the being spoke uh water bears you will bear no water today. Oh, you know what, uh, Frosty? I just realized I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, number one, uh, do, do, would you want some yellow snow on you or one of your uh, potential family members here? And the snow person growled and ran, and, 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 uh, and then August again had to tell Arlo to focus on the snow, but Arlo kept looking back, and August was distracted and almost got a, a, a giant hug from this giant snow being. And then August got enough space between the snow being hit kind of behind another thorax and told Arlo, Arlo, this is what I've been talking about. Just focus on your job. You've always got to be focused on me and how I'm doing things. Uh, Sometimes you could support me by just uh, focusing on on you. And I don't want a mentor. That's what I've been trying to tell you. I want a parent." I want love and, and caring. I don't want guidance and advice. I don't want planning. And it was hard for Arlo to hear, and it was confusing for the snow being because this seemed like a inopportune time to have this parent and child moment. Uh, but maybe there was also something uh, resonant uh, for the giant. Uh, it gave Arlo and August enough time And it gave Arlo enough time to process the truth that they both already knew but just needed to be spoken. And Arlo dug their knees in and started rolling. And August went back to running and dogging and dodging. And Arlo got closer and closer to the edge, but then like most edges, there was a lip. And Arlo couldn't push the, the giant. You know, the snow had grown But August had almost anticipated it and gone on a long run out uh, and uh, lured the giant snow person away. And then August looped back and said, Don't worry, I'm coming. Keep pushing. Rock it back and forth. And Arlo hadn't even realized it, forgotten that simple technique of rocking things back and forth. And August started to rock the a giant snowball back and forth, uh, or, or Arlo did, and, and then August arrived just on an upward rock and gave it that last push together, and the ball rolled over the hill. All this kind of happened from Arlo's perspective in slow motion, watching the ducking and diving, and and all that, so they were both covered in sweat as they watched it tumble and tumble, and then into a maze-like canyon. They both realized they had been holding their breaths, and as they exhaled, they found themselves back in their living room. On the floor, uh, they both had their glasses in their hands uh, and were looking at one another and Amazement and disbelief and relief and love. Holy cow. What in the heck just was it? Was that real? Well, holy moly. And then August said, The ball's loose. We got we to gotta play the grab the things. It's a quick, like, see what happens when you turn. And the ball was rolling, and they realized they still had to have their glasses on. But when they returned their glasses tentatively to their faces, They realized that now it was just a polarized glass uh, and that they could see through the opaque glass to this mountain-like maze, uh, very detailed in a giant snowball. And not only that, there was a two-level maze, uh, amazing three-dimensional details, uh, and each knob uh, corresponded to one level but it was what was even more complicated for your brain processing was that when you know if, if one was for your right hand and it was Arlo's right hand it was left and right but then the one for on the top maze but then the one on the left would have been up and down on the lower maze for Arlo and the opposite for for August and the ball was constantly traveling between the two levels and had these spring systems. Very, very incredible, credible detailed work. And they became incredibly engrossed in the game, and they were laughing. And, and at times they had to reset the game and, and reset the spring triggers that would launch the ball between level one and level two. And they laughed and and worked together. Said and, and were curious. Uh, and they were breathing and and having fun, as the tension had been broken between them. And uh, when the holiday came, it was the gift had already been given. Uh, and I, I don't know what you know what it was told about the berries. Maybe they went to Bali together. Uh, to discover the berries, or maybe, August said, "Well, this is what happened with the castor oil." But it was another happiest holiday via the happiest the happiest holiday shop. Uh, good night.